Como estás? You have to educate me. What language is that today? I think it's Spanish. It is Spanish. It is Spanish. Como estás, amigo? Probably the worst Spanish I've ever fucking heard, but it's Spanish. Everyone, I'd like you to meet uh, Mr. Frankie the Mobster. He's currently Hello, enjoying people. dinner. I'm, I'm enjoying dinner. I have, like I was... Uh, Telling James and Renee earlier, I do need to eat on a regular basis because I'm a scrawny bitch if I don't. Uh, Renee would, would be able to witness, Renee would be able to tell you that because um, when I, I first met Renee some, what, 18 years ago, I was 160 pounds, which is give or take 100 pounds less than I am now. So Dude, I've had a lot of sausages. It was almost 20 years ago. Is it? That's it. But I said 18. Yeah, 20, man. Long time. We're old. No, you are. Not me. I am good. I had a show last night, which was tremendous. I um, it was a blessing in a way. Because I was steaming uh, with a kid who was just starting out. And that kid, I was, he's one of my friends. He's my friend's son. And he was just starting out. It was his eighth match, I think. And he was, uh, I gave him his very first teddy bear when he was born. Oh, okay. uh, so he was like three, three hours old, and I gave him his first teddy bear. And now, and he, as he was growing up, he always said he wanted to be, his name is Zach. He, I even wanted to be Zach the mobster. And it was always funny to me. But now we're actually doing tag matches together, and he's just about as jacked as I am. So it was just a full circle. Pardon for thing. life by teddy bears, what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now now he uses me as a teddy bear. So it's all right. good. It's all. This is a circle of life. All right, James. Let's talk the news with Frankie here. What's not so, yeah, so I suppose on the first we talked about, we uh, skipped it last week, Dark Side, but we'll talk about Dark Side again this week, uh, Luna Fashan episode. So, uh, very interesting episode. I mean, I had no idea what a personal life was like and like the drug habits and that, which we'll get into. But um, the one thing that surprised me that she had a son. But then I remember Gangrel done an interview. I think he was on Edge and Christian's podcast a couple of years back. And he mentioned like, oh, Luna's kid was on uh, Hell's Kitchen. And it was, I think it was the same kid. Um, but yeah, um, I didn't realize her childhood, like her father owned a hotel and he killed himself. and. Then Paul Fashan basically married her mother and adopted her in the process. I had no idea about that. Yeah, I thought she was blood related to uh, Butcher Fashan, but yeah. And she's actually American, but she grew up in Montreal. Frankie's from Montreal or Quebec. Thought... Yeah. Well, yeah. Montreal's good enough. Uh, for, for anybody watching that doesn't know shit about Quebec, they all know where Montreal is. Yeah, Montreal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was pretty heavy, man. 
So, Mark, did you ever get to meet her when you were doing Indies? No, unfortunately, and I really, really, I'm really, really wish I had because I was, she, even though she was, she was an inspiration to me. And given like the look that I use now, as a kid, she, I was terrified of her. Yeah. And being given a chance to to, to meet her would have been tremendous. And everybody that's met her and that I've spoken to said she was just, Wonderful, fucking amazing person. Well, but no. What? Well, one of the things that I brought up because uh, I didn't realize she was actually part of uh, Mila's camp. Like Mila's camp, there's no secret that Mila used to pimp out the girls, like for the wrestlers and that. And that's one of the reasons why, because they was going to do a battle royal at WrestleMania a few years back, and it's going to be the fabulous meeting of battle royal. And when all the complaints came and like Snickers uh, got involved, it's like, you can't have this named after her. So, Mila, even though she's a Hall of Famer and that, there's been a lot of horror stories made up from her. And it okay. uh, looks like, well, there you go. I think uh, Luna, during this time, she was like 16 or 17. And someone tried to rape her. And but thankfully, she's a, she's a tough girl and she managed to fight him off and get herself out of there. So, yeah, crazy when you hear these stories. It's pretty heavy, man. But, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully the business has changed for the better. So, Frankie, I met you in 19, uh, 2002. Is it 2002? No, I, I think it was, it was earlier than that. Could it nope. be? Because I was signed, and I came back home to get my visa, and we were working for No Cash Bass. No, no, but yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did you, did you ever see him after that? Uh, no. I so actually had to cross, we crossed path a couple of years later. And fucking Kingman was there. Mike Hughes were there. All the guys he fucked were all in the same room as he is. And he walked in with a shit-eating grin on his face. And he didn't give a shit. Right. I, like, I was, I had to get to be physically restrained. How much money did he owe you? Back in the day, to me, that was a lot of money. I, two grand. Two grand. Which, which in itself, it, it's it's not that much money, but it's, it's a principle of things. Well, that would have been. I, that- I am the most loyal, honest fucking guy in this business. I would never fuck anyone. I would never screw anyone, and I would never rob or steal from anyone. I guess probably not in the right business, <laughs> but. I so, it done to me. That was the first time it happened to me. And, oh, it hasn't happened since. People know so better. To give but, the fans a backstory, me and Frankie did a tour in 2002. I was already signed with the WWF, but I was coming back to Canada to get my visa. And we worked in the Maritimes for a different promoter. And uh, he screwed everybody on money. Everyone. Everyone. So that's the joy is the professional wrestling business, James. But you, you, you weren't there on the last show. You weren't there on the last show we did. I actually, we, and the sold out crowd, I can't, I sold out venue. I can't recall what town we're in. He hasn't paid us in three weeks. And it's packed. I look at, I look at Pete. I'm like, this is bullshit. We're not getting paid. This is, I know, I know you guys are the best of friends, but whatever. Uh, and I'm, um, I'm, I'm not doing this. He said, what do you want to do? We're not doing the show unless we get our money. And I'm like that 18-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid, all 160 pounds of money. And uh, he goes, well, you tell him. Like, what do I got to tell him? I'm not, I'm not. 
Well, Bascom, you know, you guys both ready? You guys work the show. going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, we're not working unless you pay us. Well, I don't yeah. have the money up front. Call your yep. wife. You guys walked out, but that was Woodstock, New Brunswick. And to this day, we still, can't, we still can't promote that town. Well, I guess I killed the town. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take that heat. I'll take that heat. Thanks. Because, Thanks. Uh, that was a great town. <laughs> and it was a it was a great town. It was a, it was packed. It was packed, man. Yeah. yeah, I know. I heard about it. And then when I tried to run it, they don't want not, not only do they want nothing to do with it, all the surrounding little communities want nothing to do because they all talk to each other. Yeah, right? yeah. The, the 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 console meetings and they're like those wrestling. Oh, forget about them. So there's probably about. Am I, am I, am I, well, am, are we to blame, or are we as workers to blame for wanting to be uh, free? Uh, no. I can understand from your promoting, from your promoting point of view, you wanted uh, to run a town. Had you been one of the boys who was old money, you probably would have jumped on the bandwagon. No, you know what I did? I went to the money guy because he wasn't the money guy. He had a his business partner, and every night I would get my draw every night. And if the canceled show, I'd say, I want my money. <laughs> Every single he, night. You didn't work all the shows as much as I did, I think. I can't recall you being on all the shows. No, because I had to go back to the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this was, um, my, I'd say, like my baptism of the genuine white, like life on the road style. So much shit happened there during the months that we were. We all were batshit fucking crazy. Like, there's so many stories that to this, we I couldn't possibly tell on a podcast or anything that have happened because I would get like canceled and fucking <laughs> whatever. And I'm not justifying that it was good or bad behavior. I mean, it was just, and I was young. I was just following whatever lead I was given. Right. And we messed up a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, that was then. Uh, I think we've all. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your acting career, dude. You've been on uh, a few movies, it's right? Been, recently, has been actually pretty good. Really? To be honest with you, I um, I I did a movie with Roland Emmerich, and at the beginning of the year, Roland Emmerich having um. I've been directed Independence Day and whatnot. So he's a big movie maker. I had a chance to shoot a few scenes with him and for him. I did a French-Canadian movie called uh, Two by Four. Like, very dark comedy. Obviously, in all the movies, I'm I'm a bad guy. I just shot a big horror flick in London, Ontario for, for 12 days. Real like homage to the 1980s slasher movies, the Halloweens and the Jace. Very gory technical effects used with prosthesis and everything. And it was just such a wonderful experience. The horror genre people are so dedicated to what they do. They have, they're so passionate about horror. Mm. So, um, and now it was just amazing to be able to feel that passion from them as in, as in wrestling. Right. When you're a bunch of with a bunch of passionate people, or any aspect of life, any any activity you, you partake in, and if people that you are with are just as passionate as you are, they'll just make it that much better, right. and that much enthralling and engaging. I think. 
So I'm going to tell this story. I went to the theater to watch a movie called Bad Santa 2. And <coughs> I'm watching the movie, and there's a prison scene with Billy Bob Thornton. And then who do I see? This big fucker in the movie. In the, in the prison scene. <laughs> hey. I always wanted to fuck me a Santa. Well, I always wanted to shit on a tattooed dick, so we're perfect for each other. Look, let's go. See you in my dreams, Chief. I yeah, that was a fun scene. Huh? <laughs> that was a fun scene to do. Yeah. That was a fun scene to do. And Billy Bob was a sweet, sweet, sweet man. Very professional. And what I liked about it, I would tell you, there's a lot of kayfabe in a way. And, and, and when you get on big movie sets from stars and actors of that magnitude to unknown actors like us, much like the extra work process or like the, uh, you know, the green guys in the locker room. Yeah. Where you just walk in and you, Billy Bob is an Oscar fucking winner. So he's he's full on. He's really just locked in for his performance. When he sees that you can work, then he'll talk. He'll let you in. Uh, it's not the same bullshit as it, as it happens in wrestling. Right. You know how it is. I'll, you, there's that old school mentality. I, I'm not... I'm not not everyone is like that in the acting world, but it really related to me from a wrestling standpoint. And I've, I've used my wrestling approach on every movie set that I've been in the way that I, you've seen me in a lot room, how I am. I go to every single solitary person I cross eyes with to make sure that I introduce myself genuinely and as friendly as possible. Yeah. And I do that on movie sets as well. And I've gotten, I think, a reputation for being someone that's easy to work with on movie sets not on wrestling shows uh but <laughs> on wrestling shows i do whatever the fuck i want uh and sometimes it just you know costs me but hey whatever i'm happy with who i am uh so yeah yeah that's cool but you're still getting work in acting so you haven't gotten blackballed so i guess you're doing something wrong. oh no 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 i'm and Things are rolling. I auditioned for a big show, which I can't really give details about, but a really big show. If I got, if I get that, I'll, I'll be the happiest fucking guy on earth. In all you can retire. I cannot give details. There's a non-disclosure agreement that oh. comes with the auditioning process. Yeah, and they're pretty fucking severe about it. Oh. You get like you can get sued by studios and whatnot if you just mentioned something that hasn't been revealed yet. Wow. That's pretty, pretty fucking stiff. Same thing for when you work for Ubisoft. If you're doing motion capture for video games wow. and you post anything related to the project that you're doing, wow. you get your ass sued by a billion dollar company and you don't want that. Wow. That's pretty stiff. And that, you know what? I'm all about that. It's bringing and, and then making another relation to the business. It's keeping the kayfabe aspect. Right. Yeah. Overdoing it. Obviously, when, when everything comes out, they'll let you in on everything. But I think that just that plausible deniability or that shortage of full information about it brings expectation. It builds anticipation. Yeah. You want more. You want to know what the fuck's going on, and it creates like this this hype. Yeah. And I'm I'm all about. You you remember back in like there was. When there was no internet, you were hyped for the shows to come because right. you didn't know the results right away. And when somebody and back in the day, you could pull like a surprise run in 
and people went apeshit because in no way in hell did they expect that. I think that's lost. It's been lost in all forms of arts. Yeah, man. Uh, that building of anticipation and that surprise effect. You can't, everything is so overexposed and every face it and aspect of life that it's really goddamn tough, I think, to just do something to surprise people or make something special nowadays. I know. I hear you. Well, uh, for the fans out there that are in the Montreal region, me and Frankie are actually FLQ tag team champions together. And yeah. I, don't know, I don't know when they're going to run again. I, I heard maybe January. So hopefully if everybody from the Montreal area wants to come out and see me and Frankie do our thing, come out. So and it's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're good. We're <laughs> really you. really good. Just look, my son just brought me his new rent. I thought people should see it. He actually wanted to put it on camera. It's a big <laughs> ass rat. If you look okay. at it, it really looks. Uh, let me let me put it on camera. It really looks like a wrestling promoter. Don't you find? <laughs> big sneaky evil-eyed dirty rat. So thank well, you. Right. Merci. Okay, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. It's been a genuine pleasure, James. And uh, hopefully we, we can meet in person. I hate the phone shit. Well, we'll meet in person and we'll hang out. Okay? <laughs> take it easy, brother. Right. Thank take you. Bye-bye, guys. Love you, man. Yeah, Bye-bye. So, we mentioned last week that um, AEW is going to go head-to-head with uh, SmackDown. Uh, but someone who did make an interview this week was uh, Roman Reigns. And he's uh, pissed quite a few... Uh, the AEW fan base off. <laughs> Remember I told you it's like sports teams? Yeah. Like like in Japan, you're like New Japan fans and Noah fans. It's like they have their each have their teams. It's kind of like that now too. It's like all he's doing is like separating the fan base and making a real rivalry in the fans' eyes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this was what he was quoting saying. So I don't see the real competition AEW, because I think their fan base legitimately is a hardcore fan base. I don't disagree with them. So it's like a ceiling and a built-in ground to that viewership. WWE is trying to connect with everyone. We're trying to connect with mainstream. We're trying to connect. Uh, we're trying to pull in the casual fan. We're trying to engage with the new viewer while also servicing our hardcore fan base and give them compelling storylines and fulfill them as well. I think they are the new kids on the block. They're the cool kids in town, I guess, because of how premature and how novel it is and still is. I think they're still being babied by these hardcore wrestling fans. I can't well, disagree with what he said. That's a politically correct, intelligent way of saying it, you know? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if I can get more Minoru Suzuki matches, like the one we saw with uh, Brian Donaldson, I'll be watching every week because that I fucking cream my shorts on that one. See, remember what I told you? <clears throat> like, dude, I don't know who's timing your shows, but do a better job, please. <laughs> they should have been given 15, 20 minutes because uh, I remember hearing Tony wanted to have this sports based presentation. Well, you, you got a guy there who knows how to work that fucking style, right? Yeah. Give him at least 15 minutes. Christ. I had somebody who knew how to work Suzuki style. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing on nothing on either show can top that. And it was wrestling, man. They holds. Yeah. And the, you know what I mean? It was fucking beautiful. 
Sorry. Yeah, it was. I watched, uh, that, I watched that match, and it's like I started lacing my boots. I grabbed the boots out of the closet, and I was like, "Okay, when can I get booked? Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> like to be honest with you, Renee, that's one of the first times I've seen Suzuki do them types of matches because I've watched New Japan, but I haven't seen him do these longer type of matches. He's always every time I've watched him, he's always been in a little. 10 minute match or like some tag matches but for him to do it was like 20 minutes 25 minutes this match was and with daniel bryan and this and this was a different daniel uh, bryan danielson sorry i can't help but call him by his wwe name my apologies but bryan danielson i i've been used to watching him as in wwe like for the past 10 years so this and so and i did i watched the omega match obviously but this was different to the omega match this was like you said, a, a, Jap- a Japanese match, a New Japan match. Yeah. That's, and they started off trying to take each other's legs. That there was slow pace, but building it and building it. And yeah. once, and I'll be honest, and I've said to everyone, I'm like, I've always respected Brian, what he can do in the ring. I, I never really got fully behind him, like what other people did, but like watching him, and but I've always loved like he's running kicks into the corner spots and things like that and Suzuki with them slept them chops oh it was it was a great match I really enjoyed it and uh, and this is what I said to people I'm like people can pick their camps like oh I'm team AEW I'm team WWE but I'm thinking you don't have to be you can go back and watch both these shows and I watched the buy-in I watched uh, Rampage and I watched Smackdown I enjoyed all three mm. but this match, like, you know, was the cherry on all of it. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, yeah, so now that, you know, a lot of people ask me why do you love wrestling in Japan so much, well, just watch that match, then you know why. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you can't wait to wrestle Suzuki again. Uh, you never know. Uh, all this, no, he's just one of them. All those yeah. guys, man. All those guys. I'm telling you, WrestleUniverse.com. Pro Wrestling Noah, because Suzuki worked in Noah for years. He worked in All Japan with me for years. Now he's with New Japan. See, all those guys rotate. Yeah. Okay? They all rotate. So, yeah. yeah. Just watching that made me made me a fan. You know what I mean? Well, it looks like he's doing a tour across America because now he's on his way to uh, Impact Wrestling. Oh. Well, yeah. hopefully he's not involved in Wrestle House. But yeah, we mentioned um, there was the war between the uh, the ratings and stuff, and we mentioned like Tony Khan's uh, challenge uh, last week. Mm. And uh, yeah, so um, and one uh, AEW fan, like I said, it's good to like what you like, but sometimes can be like cult like behavior. And this one AEW fan wrote. WWE is taking the water AEW to our doorsteps. If you don't see it as that, you're blind. Anyone that calls himself an AEW fan is obligated to watch Rampage this week. If you're a diehard, you support no matter what. No other plans on your schedule. Period. Wow. That's like a cult. <laughs> Sounds like a cult. <laughs> it is a cult. <laughs> so, the ratings are in, uh, Renee. Have you seen them? No, enlighten me. Right. Drum roll, please. So, Rampage was viewed by 549,000 fans. Uh. 
SmackDown was viewed by 793,000 fans. I told you they'd beat them. And the channel SmackDown is on, FS1, is in less homes than uh, TNT. Is it really? I think like two or three million less as well. Well, hold on. Uh, I watched the Danielson match on... Um... YouTube. Yeah, so it wasn't on TV, right? That wasn't on TV. Uh, that was, well, funny enough. Uh, so the YouTube stream, because what they done, um, they done, the, they done it half an hour early to spy in for AW. Yeah. So that, so that ate away the second hour of SmackDown. So, uh, yeah. So like the second hour of SmackDown and led to it. So that there was like a, an hour overlap by the time you put in the YouTube and the start of a uh, rampage. Mm. Uh, the, the live stream for that YouTube show was at 100K. Mm. So SmackDown still beat it, even though it was on YouTube and anyone can watch YouTube. Mm. Um, so SmackDown done well. And uh, AEW done well. Like, AEW was up from last week. Now, they're just the overnights, but they might go a little bit higher. But people are saying, in fact, the SmackDown number is actually a lot higher. It could be actually a million time they put in these other things. So... And that's and that's them not being on their regular channel. And uh, SmackDown had some big spots. Uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks had a match, a great match. Uh, the segment between Brock Lesnar, Roman, and Paul Heyman was a really good segment. I know you won't watch anything with Heyman, but I no. enjoyed it. And uh, some good other spots. Uh, Edge was on the show. Uh, as for Dynam, uh, as for Rampage, sorry, CM Punk wrestled again. He wrestled uh, Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne. I think mm-hmm. you've probably come across this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had a good match. Uh, you can still tell that Punk has got that ring rust. Um, you, you can still tell. Uh, but I kind of feel like, this is just speaking for myself, I feel like the novelty of his returns wearing off really quickly. Mm. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's because it's overexposure, because... He's on TV twice a week, and obviously you got the internet, you got YouTube and everything. Mm. I feel like it's worn off straight away. Um, but some good matches on um, Rampage. I enjoyed it. I do think SmackDown was the better show. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the big challenge I've been, and yeah, WWE, like you said, would win. Yeah. Sure. So, so Renee, we'll get into uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, we've got some uh, great ones this week Sent in by uh, Dan Griffin and Gerard uh, Almanzo uh, So I sent them your way So no, That was a little savage Oh, that was uh, <laughs> That was, if I'm not mistaken uh, He played Dink um, uh, Tiger Jackson He's from That's Montreal right, yeah. Yep. yeah He was also Little Dink <laughs> when grandma and grandpa send you <laughs> oh shit I was driving through Compton I think I had Hulk Hogan's brother <laughs> wow that's great girls with time machine I'm your daughter oh my god boys with time Brett, uh, no shit right yeah could you imagine if he did so, you know, he would have been wrestling for at least another five years. Uh, well, 
They paid him all his money, right? Oh, I mean, he's financially, he's always been safe yeah. and he's he's always been paid really well. He's made yeah. no secret of that. But um, it's just one of the biggest what ifs. What would have happened? Would he have come back to WWE straight away? I don't think he would have done, but it would have been interesting to see what happens. Right. Oh, uh, well, Salabi, when your fart smells like death and you're waiting for your buddy to smell. <laughs> We've all done that. <laughs> uh okay so that's all that means right now is the tiktok yep. yeah we got a few videos this week renee mm. okay first one <laughs> those damn tables <laughs> i know Man, Man, yeah, so let me tell you a story i was we were wrestling the dudley boys one time in new york and Sylvain. And uh, we did the 3D. I took a 3D to the for the you know the finish. Yeah. And instead of breaking like this, the table broke like this, and it sliced oh, wow. one rib cage <clears throat> all the way to the other rib cage, like an inch deep. Wow. Yeah, that just goes to show how dangerous, you know. Because what happens if it just went straight up? Could it went right through my stomach, right through my heart? Yeah. Boom! It's crazy. Lex, on oh, I seen this one. Yeah. Super Brawl Saturday. I mean, are you, are you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting, disrespectful, despicable <laughs> lack of respect is that Billy What's His Name show booking a match for the total package like Super and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? <laughs> Can you afford to pay me to wrestle Ron? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell, like, his arms are all... Wow. It's like a basketball court. Like, right? that's, you know, that type of wood, like hard wood. <laughs> Creative cheating from... Oh, Eddie was so good. Yeah. So good. Oh, man. See, it's hard for me to watch this, man, because then you start thinking about him and messing him, right? This was actually his last ever match in WWE. Oh, it's even... Oh, makes it harder. Yeah. Old cartoon as a kid. See, I don't remember this as a kid. I don't know if we had it up here in Canada. Ah, oh, we had the videotapes over here. All right. That's enough of the Hulkster. I hope you choke on your apple. Who's the guy they fired in the first place? That makes sense, right? 
until you learn how to pronounce my name. John, John, go. And War Raiders just manhandling their opponents. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next one. So, Pro Wrestling oh. Noah TikTok account. Everyone, please follow. Oh, Rainbuster. See, yes. Follow the TikTok. Subscribe to WrestlingUniverse.com. That's Nakajima. He just won the N1 uh, tournament. Actually, he just won the UHC. You've had some matches against him, haven't you, Renee? Yeah, how's he to work with? Oh, he's... That entire roster. If you like New Japan, he, yeah. He, I'm telling you, all those promotions, all Japan, New Japan, Noah, uh, Dragon Gate, they're all tremendous. The guy uh, at the end with the belt, you have to educate me. Uh, who is he? He's got like long hair, like curly hair. Oh, is that Marafuji? The Might be. You have to educate me. Yeah. Uh, that's Marafuji. Yeah, he just right. uh, lost the title to Nakajima. Right. Okay. And then uh, Nakajima and Masato Tanaka just had a match. Tanaka won. And now they're having a rematch for the title. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Oh, my God. What the hell is this? Well, this is oh. a surprise for you, Renee. God. <laughs> Why? Why is this? Hold on a second. Here we go. We are coming to WWE to teach you Americans a Look lesson. How young and handsome you were. Dominating and destroying cultures and nations that don't buy into your propaganda. Well, it's not going to work with us. There is no reason why you should fear us just because we have different points of view. 19. Our wealth of culture should oh. not intimidate you. So to accept what you don't understand. Don't be afraid. Bonjour. Yeah, that's the past. Uh, let's keep it there. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, you've actually got a guest announcement, haven't you? Yes. Uh, very uh, happy to announce that next week, uh, my former partner, Sylvain Grenier, will be on the show. He's got some things that he wants to get off his chest, and we'll be reliving some old memories. And uh, this is special because he, he rarely, if ever, does these. So Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a little uh, resistance reunion. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, uh, I was, obviously, it's a privilege that I'm able to do a show you every week, but like I was a fan of your work singles and fan of Lara's assistance. So, yeah, the fact that we can bring Sylvan on there, really looking forward to it. So, looking forward to hearing some great stories from both of you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be some bashing of each other. That's <laughs> it's going to be all in fun. Got Q&A, and we got some uh, comments from last week, uh, latest reviews. Uh, so, a couple of quick fan questions. Uh, first one from uh, Pantara Stevens. Uh, how was it hanging out with the Bashams? Oh. Two of the most underrated guys. Uh, <clears throat> great guys. Doug Basham. If the people could see his matches that he had with uh, Benoit and OBW. I was in awe. Like he, he, both those guys didn't get their just, you know, showcase on the uh, with the WWF in North America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like awesome, awesome talent. Great guys too. 
Yeah, I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Doug Basham. I mentioned it to you, and uh, great guy, great stories, and uh, I'm sure he'll be making an appearance on this show uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Question uh, from Demo God: Any uh, test stories? Test. Test. <laughs> um, when we were in France, 2008, our first tour there, it was me and Test main event every night. Uh, completely sold out, and uh, we tore the roof off the off the place every single night. Those are my best memories of the guy. Yeah. Uh, he uh, ruptured my eardrum the first pay per view match I ever had. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, you tagging against him and Steiner. Yeah, Test starting it out here in this tag team matchup. Slapped in the face. I don't know the hell. Gonna hear out of my ear for three days. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's just the thing with all the like these uh, people that review the matches and stuff. All they say it was a dud. It was this. It was that. Well, you don't know what happens during the match because you're not a wrestler. You're not in the ring. You, you know what I mean? All you see is why you don't know if a guy got knocked out. In my case, my I couldn't hear on my ear. My equilibrium's all screwed up, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of those factors that people, you know. Don't understand, right? But um, fellow Canadian boy, you gone too so- gone too gone too soon. Excuse me. Yeah, he was like thirty-two. Yeah, about that thirty-two. Way too. I was a yeah. fan of his as a kid, and I mean to look at him, he was everything that Vince McMahon would want. Like long blonde hair. What was he? Six 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 seven. Big, big, big guy. Yeah. 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 Good. And uh, got some reviews from uh, last week, Renee. So we got uh, a lot of uh, loyal fans to the show. I want to say thank you to everyone on YouTube who keeps tuning in. I'll read a few of the comments from last week. Uh, from 495 Marauder, he's all in on Renee uh, and he will continue to do so. Keep these great episodes coming. Thank you. We'll keep on uh, Grado Almanza, uh, great show. Will Cafe de Rene ever release merchandise, uh, merchandise in the foreseeable future? Uh, possibly soon. Just uh, throw us some uh, some suggestions, what you guys would like, and we'll come up with our own, and we'll put something together. And uh, where is he? Uh, Rene is right about Bubba. Good show again, guys. <laughs> well, I'll try working with him. So. <laughs> And Triple uh, A uh, says, uh, "Have you seen the Owen and the Davy Boy uh, pizza guy prank?" No, I have not. I know it like a little bit. Like I've watched it. It's them doing the pizza call. But I tell you a great story if you've ever heard it. Have you ever heard the uh, one involving Owen Hart and Val Venus? Yes. Yeah. So he goes <laughs> to the hotel room. They lie down, and someone's calling. Was it? I ordered a pizza and come down and get it. And he said he didn't uh, order. Is that well, it? I, that, I think that was another guy. So this one. So I think uh, Val was signing some f- pictures downstairs. Oh, okay. And he went up to, and one guy came and he had like about 40 or 50 like pictures. Obviously he wanted them signed so he could, you know, hog them off, basically sell them. Right. So he came up to Val and Val said, I'm not signing those. So, um, anyway, later on, Fowles went up to his hotel room and he's laying down and he gets a phone call. Hello. Hey, you said you'd promise to sign my pictures. 
who is this? You said you sign these pictures, man. Oh, get leave me alone. Puts the phone down. It rings again. Picks up. Hey, you said you pre- sign these pictures, you piece of shit. What? <laughs> yeah, talk about you breaking your promise. Wait there. So he runs down to the hotel lobby, and he's looking around. And he's sweating. I think I don't know if he's just got like a towel wrapped around him because he's come out of the shower. <laughs> and he's looking around. Where is he? And and, Val, and Valvina says, "I'm looking, and all I can see is Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett sat at the bar laughing to themselves." It was Owen. <laughs> see, those are good harmless ribs, you know. Nobody gets yeah. hurt, right? Yeah, like, I'm doing a bit of, like, I release a confirmation of people, like, talk about Montreal Screwjob, like, people I've interviewed, and I'm currently building another one, like, everyone who's shared a locker room with Owen Hart and Davy Boy, I'm mm-hmm. getting them to tell me, like, stories, and I'm going to make a big YouTube video out of it, because I just enjoy listening to Owen's stories so much, Yeah. so uh, it's awesome, but now so that's the end of the show, but yeah, thanks to everyone who's been tuning in, and thank you for your comments, we really do appreciate them, and thanks for all the subscribes all the likes and everything uh really are grateful we're nearing that 200 subscribers max so hopefully if you're a new viewer please click it or if you're a returning viewer and you haven't subscribed please two seconds click that subscribe button tap the bell icon so you don't miss the episodes and be really grateful and if the channel grows like we mentioned got sylvan coming next week uh got another big name possibly coming in two weeks so we might be making that announcement next week and uh yeah, some big news coming to the channel soon. So, really excited. But if you want to follow the channel, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook at Cafe Day Renee. You can follow Renee himself on Twitter at Real Renee Dupree. And if you want to follow my channel, you can do that 90s wrestling podcast where I've done an in depth interview with Renee, talking about his whole career. And uh, that this is how the uh, this podcast started and some other great interviews. Uh, but yeah, any final words for the fans, uh, Renee? No, just uh, keep on keeping on, everyone. And thank you. À la prochaine next week. Bonsoir. <laughs>